This is the CineSnob Podcast. Welcome to episode 123 of the CineSnob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Cody, today we're going to be talking about the most anticipated movie of the year, I believe. Oh yeah, um, I would. I think that's fair. This is, uh, of course, Avengers Endgame. Probably even more anticipated than uh, the upcoming Rise of Skywalker. I yeah, would, I, I would guess it's as probably pretty close. But I think that just the culmination of every. I mean, again, I guess Skywalker is going to be culminating all nine films. But this one is kind of like it's got the heat, it's got the momentum. Uh, it's it's an epic three hour <laughs> extravaganza. So yeah, I. I, th- I think it's going to be the biggest movie of all time, but we'll see. So before we get started here, we want to clarify that this will be a spoiler-filled discussion of Avengers Endgame. So if you haven't seen the movie, and uh, you know, the, <laughs> at this point in time, not many people have because we're recording it before the release date. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're listening to it after the movie's come out. If you haven't seen it and you want to remain unspoiled, don't listen yet. I yeah, mean, this is this is a warning. Do not listen because we're going to talk about spoilers. Yeah, and and if if you're like one of the weird people who instantly message me uh, messages me and asks me to blow the whole thing for them, um, this this is a shortcut, I guess, for anyone in the future <laughs> who's going to do that because I've had to do that several times in the past twenty four hours. Who does that? People just, that are like genuine fans and and can't stand to wait or what? I I think it's a mix between that and then someone who just wants to know so that they can lord it over other people. <laughs> and, uh. and yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I yeah I, I second that warning. Um, wait until you've seen the movie to listen to this. We're giving you enough time to listen to our lovely banter and turn it off before you get to that point. I don't want to hear anyone complain. We're giving you fair warning. Yes. The, again, spoilers will be coming uh, for Avengers Endgame. If you haven't seen it and don't want to get spoiled, do not listen to this episode until you've seen the goddamned movie. <laughs> I don't know anybody that really listens to uh, uh, movie review podcasts for films they haven't seen. Well, I mean, I, I hope on some level they do. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess probably people <laughs> listen to this show because of that. Oh, hey, if you're a listener, uh, we should we forgot to do this, Cody. If you're a listener, uh, and we've got a lot of new downloads here, it's been quite a, a, a an uptick in the in downloads. So if you're a new listener, please by all means go rate us uh, and and give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, leave us a five-star review if you don't mind. That'd be great uh, because it helps uh, get the show more visible. But we have a, a ton more downloads than we're ever than we've ever been used to before, mm-hmm. and um, we're, we'd like you to, to let we'd like you to let us know what you what you think of the show. You can leave a review on iTunes, on Stitcher, uh, wherever else. I don't know where else podcasts go. Is there like an Android one dedicated? Uh, there's like a, there's an app for it, but I mean, the only other thing is like, um, Spotify, but there's no reviews there. Uh, you can find us at iHeart. Oh yes. 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 iHeart stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, Also, and, and reach out to us, uh, tweet at us at, at Cinesnob, email us podcast at Cinesnob.net. Uh, find us on Facebook at Cinesnob Critic. Let us know what you think of the show. Cause we got a lot more downloads now than we ever had. 
Yeah. For, all it took was taking like six months off <laughs> for downloads to really shoot up. So it's essentially the equivalent of like rebooting your PC and it starts <laughs> working again. <laughs> I think we defragged the hard drive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get to this review for Avengers Endgame. He used the stones again. Hey, we'd be going in short-handed, you know. Look, he's still got the stones, so so let's get him. Use them to bring everyone back. Just like that. Yeah, just like that. Even if there's a, a small chance that we can undo this, I mean, we owe it to everyone who's not in this room to try. If we do this, how do we know it's going to end any differently than it did before? Because before you didn't have me. Hey, new girl, everybody in this room is about that superhero life. And if you don't mind my asking, where the hell have you been all this time? There are a lot of other planets in the universe. And unfortunately, they didn't have you guys. I like this one. Let's go get this son of a bitch. Now, one final warning right now, Cody. Yes. For everyone out there, if you have not seen Avengers Endgame, please stop listening if you don't want it spoiled for you. I know there's some sadist. You think there's some sadist like listening right up to the very, very edge of this? To, to see how far they can get without it getting spoiled? Yeah. Um, Probably some sick bastard out some there. Some sick son of a bitch just looking for a cheap thrill at our expense. <laughs> looking to get his rocks off. <laughs> Notice I say his because it's let's I feel face, like that's let's, our fan base. Let's, let's face it. Let's face it. It probably is. Uh, anyway, so you and I, uh, you made the long journey up to Austin on uh, this past Tuesday mm-hmm. to watch uh, Avengers Endgame, mostly because uh, San Antonio didn't get a screening, so... You and I got to sit side by side and watch a movie together for the first time in a while. It's been a while. Uh, Anyway, um, what did you think of Endgame? Well, you know, I I imagine this is going to, this is not going to be the same length as the movie, but this is going to be a lengthy review uh, because there's a lot of ground to cover. Um, You know, I'll start off by saying that I was a big fan of uh, Infinity War. Um, I thought it did a lot of things really well. I thought that it was really effective. Um, you know, we talked a little bit, uh, I think last week about, uh, the way that it ends and, and seeing it in a vacuum a little bit more now that, uh, we're closer to, to end game. And I, I just, I just feel like that movie does a really good job of building up. It's bad. Uh, and then kind of, um, you know, ending on a super somber note. And, um, and I found it to be uh, really effective. And then, um, Really, with Endgame, you get something that I feel like we, you've never quite had in a Marvel movie in, in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, right off the bat, the tone is really somber, uh, really yeah. really dark, um, very low energy almost. Like, I think the Avengers movies have thus far um, know, been known for being kind of fun at times, um, at least having that, uh, like a fun sort of, uh, tone to it, uh, a little bit. Um, and Avengers, uh, Infinity War didn't quite have that, but it had a little early on, maybe. This one was pretty somber from the get-go, and, and I don't know if you, if you noticed it, but the Russo brothers, um, I, I, more so than any Marvel movie I've seen, almost 
immediately shoot this thing almost like an independent film at times uh like really tight close-ups on faces and well yeah um, i mean they started that with uh the winter soldier which is i rewatched the beginning of that the other day and i mean there's a lot of handheld stuff uh, yeah a lot of um you know i mean it's obviously an effect shot but then it's hand you know make they make it look handheld uh but it it yeah they, they have a definite style that's that's uh well, this is their fourth Marvel movie. Uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah, they're kind of the the keepers of the flame at this point. But yeah, it does have that uh, sort of uh, like real shaky cam. Not well, I don't want to say shaky cam because that's not it. It's not like the Bourne supremacy or something. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're you're right. It is a little bit of a, a grittier feel at times. Yeah, and and so you know, right off the bat, you notice those things being. Um, you know, being used. And uh, I, I think that the biggest problem the movie has is is its first, like, 20 minutes or so. Um, I feel like it gets off to a really clunky start for a few different reasons. Um, it has almost a false beginning um, that that sets up, and, and again, we'll sp- I'll spoil it because we're in the spoilers, but there's a whole sequence where um, they come up with a plan um, uh, to try to... Um, to try to get the stones back and undo the snap. Well, well, uh, yeah. Let let's let's back up just a little bit more because we've gotten in Captain Marvel. You got the end credits scene where she arrives on Earth um, at the beckoning of the the pager that Nick Fury used at the end of Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So you already have that that eye dotted. Uh, you know that Captain Marvel's going to show up and, and meet up with Captain America and Black Widow and, and War Machine, etc. And then um, the trailers pretty heavily showed off uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Tony Stark floating in outer space, marooned, um, you know, running out of food, running out of air. And, you know, obviously, you know, he's going to survive, but the movie kind of dispenses with all of that pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, it just sort of sends Captain Marvel to rescue uh, Tony Stark and uh, Nebula, Karen Gillan's Nebula, and then it gets to this false beginning. Like it literally picks up like like six days or something after Infinity War. Yeah, very shortly. Uh, yeah, if if that, I, I think that's what uh, Tony Stark mentions in the in the ship. But yeah, so it picks up like right away. And they're going to go. They found Thanos, and they're going to go kill him. So you go ahead. Well, Sorry. yeah, and, and so and so. Anyway, they found out that that Thanos destroyed this the Infinity Stones, and um, and then they kill him. <laughs> like uh, Thor beheads Thanos, and and uh, honestly, it just kind of serves that whole that whole beginning part only serves to do a time jump, and then we get our first big moment or reveal of the movie which is that um the bulk of the film takes place five years after the events of infinity war yeah and um and i and i think that uh you know right off the bat those early scenes don't don't really do much i mean i i i i I get why it's there and i get the moment uh but uh uh but then we start we start getting into the time jump part and that's where i think it starts to get a, a little bit better um, though I, I will say, um, you know, cause we meet a lot of the characters after five years and I think that this is where, 
uh, I think that you and I differ a little bit um, on this because I think that um, you know one of the main drives behind uh, bringing the characters is is that Thor has become a, a, a an obese alcoholic, and uh, and Thor is is fat the whole movie, which I kind of <laughs> I kind of love that they like kept it throughout. Like even Wait. in the last scene he appears, he's still a fatso. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, I, I I said that I I didn't think the joke worked. And that's probably a bit of a misstatement. I think the joke is funny. I think the 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 effect doesn't work. Oh, like okay. It, it never looks convincing enough. Because like you you get the so so Thor has uh, um, uh, gone off to to found a new Asgard wherever it is in the middle of the Netherlands or something. I I don't know where it's at. I assume maybe Finland. But uh, and he's he's living with uh, Korg. And um, is, it, is it Mike, uh, the little, the little blob thing? I don't, I don't remember the I name. I think it's Mike. The, the from Ragnarok, the the two. That, of course, uh, Korg played by Taika Waititi. Uh, so he's living with them, and it's like this this weird roommate situation. And Thor's has a big giant beer gut, and like a, a really unkempt beard and, and long hair. And I just don't think it, the it ever. The makeup effect never really looks right. I I, I I I would agree with that. I just I just love so much, and I think Thor. Uh, and I'll get to my other uh, favorite character, but I think Thor is like one A and one B as best character in the movie. And I just and again, I I think that it's a they do a really good job at continuing to make Thor an interesting character by reinventing him over and over again. Because not only do we see Thor. Um, physically different but he's like really insecure and and it's just it's just a fun uh, chris hemsworth plays it so well i think and uh and i really love what they did with thor uh in this uh, movie i liked it I, I liked what they did with the character i didn't like the the makeup effects i didn't think it like like i said i didn't i never was totally convinced that that was fat chris hemsworth yeah uh and so we we get to see some other characters come back particularly some people that we didn't see in infinity war and um i'll start with um with hawkeye uh because that's uh, that's what the movie opens with it opens with um hawkeye teaching his daughter um his um, her marksmanship or and uh and then they disappear uh in the snap and so he's left without his his entire family disappears so uh, again uh, <laughs> it's a real bummer of a beginning. It's a real bummer of a beginning. But look, what they do is they turn Hawkeye into some vigilante, badass assassin, and it again, it just doesn't work. Not, they've never done anything with this character that has even come close <laughs> to working. Well, yeah, like he's uh, he's basically like a, a, a psychotic ninja Batman. Like he he's just sort of fighting crime to get a thrill. And like fighting, like he, like we meet him in that form, like hunting down yakuza members in Japan, like just deci- <laughs> like decimating it's so a game. Stupid. I know it's it's and it like Jeremy Renner does not look the part. Like it, yeah. I, I don't, I don't. They really m- never got Hawkeye right, and I I think they still didn't in this movie. I don't. I mean, it, it was like they had him cast, and they just needed to keep him. You know, they. But I, I don't understand his I, plot development at all. I feel like this was this is this was the first big misstep. I think in the of, of some of several missteps, which is I think this was supposed to be a redemption arc for Hawkeye, and I just don't think they got it right. 
yeah. There, then there's a moment a little later on in the movie we'll talk about it in a little bit that I yeah. think didn't go well either for Hawkeye. I don't think it went well for anyone, but, <laughs> but well, yeah. true. But yeah, uh, yeah. So the other the other character um, that we get to, to spend some more time with um, is Ant Man. Uh, and I, I, I really hate the way that he is brought out, but, uh, but essentially Ant-Man, as we saw, I guess at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, right, where he... Uh, he's um... he goes into the quantum zone. Or no, was or was that the end of Spider Man? No, no, no. It was it was, was Ant Man and Wasp, and because Ant Man and Wasp came was released after, after Infinity, Infinity War. War. Okay, so, so yes. at at the the post credit scene in Ant Man and Wasp, he goes into the quantum realm where uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character had been trapped for years, and while he's in there, the snap happens and. Uh, Everybody, uh, Evangeline Lilly's Wasp, Michael Douglas, and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer vanish. Right. So he's so, stuck in the quantum realm with no one to get him out. And then a, a rat. <laughs> His van has been impounded. The van that had the, the quantum realm generator or whatever that was called, it was impounded. And then uh, <laughs> a rat accidentally sets it off and he gets spit out of the quantum realm. Right. Uh, having spent no more than like five hours. Yes. And inside the quantum in, realm. In his time. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. So, um, so yeah. So he, after five years of being um, essentially stuck in the quantum realm, he comes out and that sort of kickstarts the first plot of the movie, um, which is, uh, which is the idea of um, using the quantum realm to travel back in time uh, in order to capture all the infinity stones before thanos can get to it um so a few things first um uh i, I think that paul rudd's ant-man is the mvp of the movie agree um, totally agree totally agree and not just ant-man but paul rudd himself and this is a it's it's great I, paul rudd is fantastic in it he's got like a dozen great one-liners um that that really stick i think the funniest moments of the movie all come from ant-man um and uh and and i love that that they use uh, you know he's the backbone of the movie sort of because his technology even down to the suits that they use when they go into the quantum realm you know they're all in ant-man suits basically um and so i think that he's the he's the best character in the movie with thor being like a 1b or maybe even a two um I, i i do think that this is however where the movie starts to get uh, narratively problematic. Um, uh, uh, well, the- we, we should we should stop and say that that uh, you know Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Tony Stark has a family now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and and, and like uh, both Captain America and, and Natasha are kind of the ones ho- keeping the flame alive of like saving the world and still fighting crime and. Um, there's a weird relationship between Tony Stark and, and Captain America where they Stark blames him for everything and I I, I still never it's one of the 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 big failings I think of the character of Iron Man from movie to movie his motivation never stays the seems to never stay the same like right. his philosophy really drifts and uh I, I think even between uh, Infinity War and and this film, like it doesn't quite make sense because he never saw what Captain America did. Like they never even met face to face in the last film. So mm-hmm. anyway, it 
it's one of those things that's always bugged me from from film to film is that Tony Stark's philosophy seems to be just as fluid as can be. Like he's one thing he the, at the end of Iron Man three he destroys all the Iron Man suits and and then never mind they're all back again in in whatever came next Ultron was it? right uh, yeah yeah it, so um so yeah that, that's a good point because because Iron Man or Tony Stark is sort of reluctant to to try to stick to this plan that ant-man comes up with about travel using the quantum uh, realm to time travel and um and he's reluctant because he has a family now and he doesn't want to you know he's he's made his way through and, and realized that you know he you know if he would be risking his family so i i, I think that um uh the way that this kind of builds is it, it w- was kind of weird for me going into because i think that everyone had been speculating that time travel would be the big part of the movie and um and i think as as the the plot is sort of revealed i think it's it, it sort of it comes out in a clunky way because it takes kind of a little bit of time to develop um when i think everyone in the room knows like yeah okay there's you know this movie's going to be about time travel <laughs> well and yeah and that's what everybody's sl- been speculating on for the the, the past year uh that is, was it going to be a time travel thing and by the time it's revealed, you're sort of like, yeah, okay, let's let's just do it, right? Especially in a three hour movie, and they're taking you know thirty minutes for the time travel plot to develop. It's it's like, come on, let's we got it, you know. Uh, uh, I don't need to know what Hawkeye's doing right now. <laughs> you can we can just get to the time travel. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't know why they they went and hunted down Hawkeye like he needed to be part of this. I don't really understand. Right, I don't either. Uh, especially, and it's just it's just so funny though, because I mean, even if you if you think of him as an original Avenger, he's basically. Uh, a robot in the first Avengers movie where he's not even <laughs> yeah, in his own body. Hypnotized yeah. like immediately. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, and uh one of the things that 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 this plot kicks off, this time travel thing, and, and pretty much going from the moment that Tony Stark figures out what he needs to do, like he he comes up with a computer pro uh like a computer model of how to solve this quantum problem like basically on a whim. It, it it has a problem that I uh, that I first noticed like at a large scale in a movie <laughs> in San Andreas. Oh, if this wow. makes sense to you, is that there whatever the obstacle is that is th- that your heroes are facing, they never really have to figure it out. They just have to do it. It's kind of like charging through a video game. Mm-hmm. You know, like like when in San Andreas, for example. And I know this is a weird example, but the when when the Rock has to go rescue uh, his daughter at the top of a skyscraper, and he decides the best way to do that is to drive a boat straight up a tsunami. <laughs> it's like what? But that's just how this. That's how the the movie's logic is. It's like, well, I guess I got to drive this boat up this tsunami. Like, okay, it's just figuring like out a way to get from point A to point B, and it doesn't really have any kind of conflict in between. Like you're like, oh, is the rock gonna make it up this tsunami? A fucking course he is. Like, yeah. is time travel gonna work for the Avengers? Of course it is. Uh, and it just kind of, it's it's extremely comic booky, and it it's a thing that you and I have talked about, and we'll talk about more. It doesn't seem to really have its own logic down. No, solidly. It, or it doesn't seem to abide by any rules. Like it's it's one of those things where under close scrutiny it just falls apart 
I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and especially its own time travel rules, and especially when you when you take certain things that happen and say, I can apply that to this character, and I've suddenly solved the problem. Uh, which again we'll get to in a minute, but um, but yeah, now now as problematic as as it as it becomes in terms of uh the way the the its complete lack of making sense or not abiding by any rules, this is I think where the fun part of the movie is, which is where um they go back into the uh, quantum realm and uh, they go to different periods of time and split up into teams to uh to each try to get an infinity stone, and um that leads to. Um, a stretch of movie where we get to basically interact with every character we've ever seen in any Marvel movie. Um, so, yeah, and in they're basically Back to the Future to tooing themselves into uh, the past Marvel films, so, right? Right. So, like you're visiting now, the Avengers have to go back in time to the Battle of New York and. Uh, Thor uh, goes back. Thor uh, goes back to the to the dark whatever that fucking movie was. The Dark World the dark times. World. Yeah. Um, you know, uh uh Iron Man, I mean, uh War Machine and Nebula have to go uh basically mug Star-Lord <laughs> <laughs> from the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um and then, yeah, it, and then we'll get to the last pairing in a minute. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it, obviously, um the best part um and and really uh, part of what kind of sucked was i wish that the whole thing would have been in new york because um that's where the good stuff is so you have people splitting up where oh we forgot to mention that uh, the hulk is now uh uh sort of the evolution of it's it's the hulk is back and he's a mixture of bruce banner and the hulk so he's just sort of a hulk mark ruffalo the whole time <laughs> yeah and he's and he's but he's like the hulk and very relaxed and finally able to like talk and stuff and uh yeah. there is some funny stuff that comes in, in that That was well. a very funny uh scene where they they reveal that in ant-man uh oh <laughs> yeah where they uh some kids ask hulk for a, a selfie and ant-man tries to horn his way in and no one knows who he is and yeah that, that, was, <laughs> anyway. that was a very good scene anyway um, yeah so new york is where the the best of this action lies yeah, so so what we have is we have um the Hulk um figuring out that uh that the time stone was in New York at that time. So he goes looking for Doctor Strange and what he finds is Tilda Swinton's character um from Doctor Strange um which I the name is blanking on the me. The ancient one. The ancient one, that's right. And uh and so um there's the, you get some cool astral Doctor Strange moments in there. Uh, Tilda Swinton delivers a long monologue. Probably, probably the biggest role of the people that they like the periphery characters that they brought back. Um, oh, she also gets to explain uh, the uh, the same sort of branching timeline thing that that Doc Brown explained in uh, Back to the Future Two. Mm-hmm. If she gives him the Time Stone, then this will branch off into this, and that's when uh, they promise to bring the stones right back to this to the to, to the time when they left and that's one of the another one of those things like oh yeah we'll just bring this down right back that's another one of those obstacles that no one <laughs> just fucking oh okay we'll just bring it right back that's, yeah that's fine yeah yeah and and not only that but that that is something that obviously comes back again it's it's Chekhov's <sighs> fucking time stone or whatever right uh, but anyway um you also get um uh I, what is it iron man and ant man um who pair together um, and with a little bit of Captain America as well, um, to pair together to try to get the Tesseract back uh, after 
um, after they apprehend Loki. And so, you know, you go back and you see them battling and then, you know, you get a cool, like you, you, you'll see that some scenes from the Avengers intercut with like Hulk smashing some stuff, um, that, you know, you, you never see in the original movie or, well, yeah, um, it's sort of a, uh, like, a. There, there's a lot of jokes to it, you know. It's yeah, it's like the, yeah. It's like when the camera stopped rolling in Avengers, and uh, you saw the uh, the 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 shield guys who turned out to be Hydra guys come and uh, you know take the Tesseract, which is whatever that one is, the the Mind Stone. I think so. Yeah, and then uh, you know you get the the reference to them being Hydra, and it, there's a lot of stuff to unpack that you're. You know, that are references to other films. One of the things I didn't quite get, though, is they, uh, for for whatever reason, uh, they had to pretend like they were, like, Captain America dressed in his Avengers costume, which he hasn't worn since Avengers, mm-hmm. I guess, to try to blend in. But then, like, he just sort of walked around anyway. I, I, I don't really understand what the... Yeah. What the point, like, look, it was like a Scooby Doo heist sort of thing. Like, Tony Stark ends up in a in a disguise as a security guard, and oh yeah, it it straight up turns into a heist movie for a good like hour. Yeah, um, but but the the rules of like why they're doing it a certain way don't really make sense. Yeah, they don't. Um, yeah, but but I but but I I will say I didn't mind that as much because I think some of the best moments of the movie come in this, and I think there's two moments uh, that stand out in particular, which is um, which is Captain America fighting himself. Yeah, that was um, a great scene. Especially there there is a there, there's a there's a great exchange where um, where you know old Avengers Captain America says I could do this all day, and and present one is just like I know. Yes, I know. <laughs> that that's such a good scene right there. Another another great one I liked was uh, the elevator. A callback, call yeah, a callback yeah. to the elevator in uh, the Winter Soldier, and the instead of being like the same sort of fight scene, it just ends with uh, uh, Captain America diffuses it all with the uh, he just says Hail Hydra, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it, it works. And um, yeah, the, so those two I think were great great little scenes. Look, it it doesn't make any sense. No, and and. <laughs> And uh, investigating it further does it no favors, but in the moment it's great. Yeah, and 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 also, hey, uh, I thought we were led to believe that the old man in the gun was Robert Redford's last appearance on screen, but no, oh, that's right. I forgot get, about that. We There's, get we get some Robert Redford. Oh yeah, like his uh, Winter Soldier character, and who's also for like a ruthless jerk off, like pretty kind when he thinks uh tony stark is having a heart attack mm-hmm. that's induced by ant-man like dislodging a fuse in his chest thing yeah yeah Th- there's a lot of there's a lot going on um and and uh uh so so in the moment though when that happens they end up losing the the mind stone uh it falls out and loki takes it and then disappears right which triggers another event to to go even further back in time um, to the seventies to try to get to again try to recapture the stone again creating a big time problem <laughs> for the mechanics of the of the, the time uh, travel of the time travel stuff <laughs> like again, you're, wait because you're departing from a time when you don't have it to a time when yeah, like that, I, doesn't it change the reality of now how it landed in Loki's hands so maybe it changes the past as I who knows well but but like wasn't uh, uh didn't wasn't the the 
Tesseract was in Captain Marvel, wasn't it? Like with those aliens. Well, yeah, uh, and Cree. Yeah, it's just one of those things where now that Loki took it, like, does that mean that Thanos never got it? Like, it's just like you. The second you start trying to look at the implications of everything that's happening, it's just it just becomes a mess. Well, that's a, that's the thing is the movie kind of uh, uh, discounts that all by saying that that um, whenever you go back in time, that becomes your new future, which doesn't again doesn't make any fucking sense. Because they're mm-hmm. basically going and, and rewriting. I, I guess essentially they're creating like six different branching timelines from a certain point. Which uh, again, even that, even I think narratively, that idea is is too fucking complex for this series that has literally never dealt with time travel. And suddenly <laughs> you're throwing it. You're throwing all of these rules and these timelines and these branches and like. Like it's just it's such a weird thing to just drop right in the middle of the most important movie you've ever made. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> the, it's look, just, it's least, just needlessly complicated. Oh, yeah, well, you still could have done uh, time travel and, and not complicated the plot and probably made it like an hour shorter. Frankly, uh, you could have like the time travel aspect could have been okay. We're gonna go back and 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 uh, you know they could have gone back to the first Avengers movie. And then, like, hey, we're going to fly through that hole and fuck Thanos up right now instead of in five years or whenever the fuck it happened. But, yeah, going back and, like, okay, we're going to steal the time stones and then do this. And, uh, yeah, and it, it build, they're basically building their own Infinity Gauntlet. Right, exactly. So, which, uh, uh, which uh, another thing, we're, I'm probably getting ahead of myself here, myself here, is apparently the Infinity Gauntlet is less of a a purpose we- purposeful weapon and more of a kind of genie's lamp <laughs> so to speak yeah like you just kind of have to think about what you want and then it yeah it grants that wish i i, I, I don't guess, know I enough so. about the lore of the infinity gauntlet that was around the time i was collecting comics and i don't remember it for that well but i don't know that that's how it was it's weird that it is um yeah. Anyway, so so let's get back to this plot. So Iron Man and uh, Tony Stark and, and Steve Rogers go back to 1970 something at some army base where where Captain America was was created, and uh, there's a they find uh, Tony Stark finds a tesseract there and has a very long <laughs> corny ass interaction with with john slattery who of course plays howard stark his dad and i mean it's just the it's the corniest time travel cliche thing you can imagine yeah and it serves and it's i think it's meant to sort of serve as um uh what the 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 film's emotional core in some way um where they really hammer that point home that he's um you know that he's 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 getting the chance to uh to to work stuff out essentially and get a and so it basically it takes place a few months before Tony Stark is born so you see his dad sort of nervous about him and and yeah. asking uh you know Tony Stark for um asking for parenting a, ran- advice. a random stranger he meets prowling around top secret archives what do you, about parenting advice look it's stupid it doesn't make any sense it doesn't. It's, it's corny and emotional, and I love John Slattery, and I, I I dug it. But it's fucking it's corny as shit. It is, um, and and I, I and it's 
Go sorry, ahead. it's probably uh, uh, probably the first major moment of foreshadowing for Tony Stark's fate that uh, that I uh, I believe that from that moment I was like, all right, I know what's going to happen. And I also felt that way when we see Captain America in Peggy's yeah office. Uh, as soon as he he goes into the office of Peggy Carter, like you're like, okay, here, yep, yep, I know what's going to happen here too. Uh, and so it, it is a bit of foreshadowing there. And, and essentially, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this plot point. But uh, you know, the, the reason they're there is because also conveniently located there <laughs> is uh, is um, is Hank Pym's lab where they grab some more of the Pym particles so that they can do more. Um, because essentially they they all had enough pen particle for one jump, so they used their last one to get to the seventies, and then they got more so that they could go back to present time. Which I don't think they used, did they? I mean, they they had to have to get. Oh, that's back. right, to get back to back. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, and you get to see another digitally de-aged Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. So so that plot wraps up, and and they get all the shit that they need. Uh, as for. Um, We'll go with we, Thor next, I guess. Oh yeah, Thor and uh, uh, Rocket are sent to uh, Asgard in the time of uh, Thor: The Dark World. If anybody remembers that movie, <laughs> <laughs> and we and, get to we get a we get a couple cameos, including one uh, very very uh, <laughs> brief cameo from from Natalie Portman, who's in the movie for oh I don't know five seconds well one yeah, frame there, there's a, a couple of like shots of her because if you remember and i didn't uh, <laughs> the uh what one of the stones i can't remember which one the red one whatever it, it is i can't i can't keep track of the names is for whatever reason coursing like in her body in that movie and i don't remember why i don't um, i tried to block that one out that's maybe the worst yeah, it's Marvel probably movie. Anyway, uh so uh the idea is they have to go extract it from her uh with a like suck like they basically ambush her and suck it out with a syringe. Uh so if you don't know, Natalie Portman I got kind of fed up with the movies, I think, right? She didn't really dig it. I don't I think I think that's probably about right. Yeah. And uh she hasn't been in a movie since Thor the Dark World. And here is portrayed like from a distance by a stand-in of course in what's new footage and then what's clearly leftover footage from thor the dark world where you get rocket raccoon sneaking up on her and and taking sucking the sludge out of her for the stone (laughs) and while thor uh gets to meet with renee russo his mom and and explain and kind of have a last heart to heart with her character before she dies and it's all kind of weird. Yeah, I, I think that that's the least successful of the time jumps. I think you get a little bit of, of Rocket and Thor together, which is a great pairing, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just it's it's just weird to have Thor have his big moment of, um, of catharsis, I guess, in some ways, um, and, and really come to terms with who he's become. Uh, be a straight reference to the the most forgettable Marvel movie <laughs> there has been. Uh, I, I don't know why he couldn't like there wasn't another way to do that or um or even you know bring it back to the first Thor. I I don't know. I it's it was a weird um it was a weird sort of detour. I thought because all this stuff is you know none, none of this stuff has happens linearly. It's it's sort of 
jumps and cuts back and forth between every every it's one presum- of these It's presumably happening at the same time. Right. I just mean like how we're describing it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so th- that's that. Next up, uh, you have um, Nebula and uh, War Machine along with uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye venturing off into space to fetch the last two. Um, there's two different planets they have to visit. One is uh, the film where, I mean, sorry, the, the one where uh, Guardians of the Galaxy kicked off, where Star-Lord uh, basically dances his way through a bunch of uh, little dinosaurs and shit and steals a stone. Um, famously, the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy. While uh, and, that, and that's for Nebula and uh, War Machine to take care of. While, uh, for whatever reason, uh, <laughs> Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye are sent to uh, the planet that ho- houses the Soul Stone, which, of course, you remember from Infinity War, is uh, sort of a, uh, a certain death for one of them. But yes. uh, let's start with the let's start with the uh, the, the, the clunky ass Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. Yeah, so I think I think this is where this is where the first big cracks in the time travel thing happen um, because you're presented with essentially Nebula um, running into Thanos and a version another version of herself along with Gamora. Um, of them, of, of when they were both still with and working with and for Thanos, trying to track down the Infinity Stones, um, and and I think that that once like Nebula meets herself, I think that's it, like isn't that the first time? Well, I guess it's not the first time. No, because Captain into, America. That's right. Uh, yeah. But but it brings it brings to the idea that, um, and we'll get into it a little bit later that that someone from the past can um, can make their way into present. Well, yeah, so here's the thing with that was um, I thought it was an interesting take because Nebula is basically a cyborg, I guess, right? Some sort of something that's run on some sort of network. So when the second version shows up, like the the signals start getting jumbled and she starts uh, like crossing signals with the currently evil nebula because this is like 2012 or something right where the timeline is uh yeah yeah, so so there's like or 2014 sorry oh yeah 14 yeah that's right where uh that's when she was still evil not as if fucking years mean anything in space but that's what the movie gives us uh so so like the signals start getting crossed and thanos and his team get tipped off that there's some sort of time traveler and there's like a bunch of exposition played back through recordings that show that they're hunting for the stones before Thanos can get them. So basically it alerts Thanos to the plan five years before he started it. Um, which I thought was an interesting take on it, uh, on how he would be drawn into this alive again, since he was killed at the beginning of the film. Um, but then I start, like you said, the cracks start to show. And I wonder like how things affect the timeline that they're in because yeah essentially you're at the we're at the beginning of guardians of the galaxy and you're, you you we see star lord dancing around kicking the dinosaurs and stuff then of course we cut to the shot of him like the others like war machine and uh, nebula watching him while he silently dances and, and sings awkwardly and they basically just 
fucking mug him, like knock him out, and then go take the whatever the stone was he was taking at the beginning of the film. So does that mean Guardians of the Galaxy never happened? Because that was the <laughs> inciting incident like that. Right. Like what in this past is is like can you fuck with and what can you not? Because the the tone of the the New York scene seemed to be that hey, we gotta pretend we gotta stop uh doing this as much as possible. Like we have to stop interfering. we can't inter- we have to limit our interference as much as possible. But then but then they go out of their way to establish that if you fuck with something in the past, it does not affect the present in any significant way. Right. Except that you can take someone, and now you can take someone from the past. We're getting, we're getting out of our. Well, yeah, yes, but again, but it's the it's the idea that you know, like that doing that did not do undo Guardians of the Galaxy, or them snatching a stone did not change the fact that in their reality, in their present, Thanos still got all the stones and still did the snap. Like it's not something where they snap back to reality and suddenly everyone's everything's fine and nothing ever happened. Like everything still happened. But it doesn't make sense with uh, to me. It doesn't make sense with the ancient one's explanation of it. No, no. Or because that because that show because her explanation is that if you take these stones, that's going to affect this timeline. So either either it's creating six different timelines, or whatever for each stone, or it's like instantly like it's it's okay like it always happens. Look, time travel is always complicated in the in films. And this one doesn't do any favors because it seems to have it both ways. Right. There's no consistency with its with its sort of rules. Um, and again, we won't get too he- too ahead because there's a plot point coming up involving that. But um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't really have anything other to say in that plot point other than um, then I it's just it just start the cracks start to show. But um, but then we get to the main. Uh, uh, big moment and, and maybe like the second or third big moment of the film, which is um, Hawkeye and Black Widow um, going to the place where in Infinity War, Thanos took Gamora for the Soul Stone and in order to get the Soul Stone had to sacrifice something that he loved. Um, and, and, and by the way, we get basically the same exact scene play out. Yes. Which it, was kind of annoying. It was. It was because it, it was. It was literally like word for word the same thing that's said by um, Red Skull. Red Skull, who became whatever the hell the, the protector of that thing, um, that nobody really seemed to care or comment on. Uh, but uh, well, they didn't know Red Skull. None of, none of the people that encountered him knew Red Skull. If it had been Cap, he'd be like, "Oh fuck." Oh yeah, yeah. Red I guess Skull. that's true. So, um, so yeah. So they get into essentially a debate, an argument about who is going to sacrifice Hawkeye. Obviously, saying um, that you know he's done a lot of bad stuff, and um, and and Black Widow kind of. I don't really know what her reasoning is for wanting it to be her. Well, look, the from the from the fact that the movie began with a scene of him losing his family what was going to happen in this scene was never in doubt for me it was never ever going to be hawkeye sacrificing himself to save black widow yeah it was just never like the like the movie telegraphed that literally from the opening frame yes and then also we go into the situation too 
and again, I know that I've defended this in a in a bubble um, with Infinity War, but again, <laughs> we now know that Hawkeye is going to have his own TV show where he's teaching his daughter how to uh, like to maybe either become him or teaching his daughter archery or whatever the fuck and and so we know that on some level his daughter has to live and he has to live and then we also know that black widow has her own movie coming out and so we know that whatever's about to happen uh it's going to be instantly undercut and the moment's just not going to hit and i think the way that it should see yeah that that's again we talked about this ad nauseum but that's how i felt at the end of infinity war um, where this sense of sacrifice doesn't ever really resonate to anything. And, and and even then, like, with the presence of Gamora again, like a past Gamora, it sort of undoes that moment in Endgame that was, that was Infinity War. Also, by the way, Loki died at the beginning of Infinity War, and we know he's got a series coming out. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we're either getting a lot of prequels, or uh, people are not staying dead. Yeah. So, so uh, look. The so it ends up being after they they kind of fight each other for it. Um, it ends up being uh, Black Widow Natasha who sacrifices herself, thus giving the Soul Stone to. Um, Hawkeye and uh, oh yeah I forgot sorry I forgot to mention back with the the war machine and nebula thing they uh, found nebula the Thanos found nebula and they swapped her out with the bad nebula but yes. no one seemed to know no one noticed because I, I guess because like immediately war machine left like transported back out of the quantum realm but then like another 10 minutes of screen time go by where they swap out the bad nebula for the well, good they nebula. Yeah, they essentially they essentially hack into good nebula's system and see that the the plan is being revealed so that they they so essentially bad nebula makes herself look like good nebula. She switches out a plate on her head. Yeah. Yeah, and and they take the bracelet that she was wearing um that allowed them to get out of the quantum realm. Uh But yeah. no one notices. Like right. I, she showed up 10 minutes later. Like what happened anyway? So they all end up back. Um, and Hawkeye tells everyone that black widow and sacrificed herself. And, and here's, and here's the big, big thing that really, really honestly undercuts the black widow death is that they all spend maybe 30 seconds of screen time upset. And then almost immediately, um, they they uh, th- uh Thanos sends his army um to uh to the present day they they, they uh, so basically bad nebula opens up the quantum realm right and um and and they they essentially the 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 spaceship comes through it and they bomb the shit out of the avengers complex so right as they right as they built the uh um the their own infinity gauntlet and uh did they do the snap uh yes so so basically they try to figure out who is going to take the brunt of the snap more foreshadowing and uh <laughs> yeah and uh and essentially uh they decide that hulk is the only person that can do it thor wants to take it but they they know that thor, uh hulk is the only person who can physically withstand it so um also that's new by the way 
Because that didn't happen to Thanos in Infinity War. It didn't happen to him until he until destroyed he the stone. No, no, because you see him after he snapped, and he's there's nothing wrong with him oh. in Infinity War. Remember? I could have sworn that he was sort of a little fucked up, but maybe not. No, that was uh, after he destroyed the stone. I'm I'm pretty sure he was fine. He just didn't have the gla- he didn't have the gauntlet anymore. Anyway, so they snap and they make a, a serious point. They they make the point to say, okay, now snap and make everything, uh, bring everyone back. Don't do anything else. Don't do anything else. It's still five years later. Yeah. Which I don't. So again, I like, like that's your genie theory, which is just, I guess you just think about what you want and snap and it happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, so anyway. At, but, at, but, but the problem is, and I don't know if you agree, is that they get from Natasha's death to building their infinity gauntlet to the reaction of that way it, it, for a movie that's three hours long way too fast and i don't think that the death has any time to breathe I, I don't think that there's any time nobody's like there's no mourning there's no sadness to it and i and i think it undercuts what's supposed to be like a really sad moment and doesn't give it any space no i i, I totally agree it doesn't it, it's it's just sort of it happens because I mean, it needed to happen, and it, and it's the big, it's the first big permanent death. I mean, other than Loki and I, and I guess Gamora, uh, but but like a, an original Avenger, like it's the first original Avenger death that there's been that that seems to be permanent, and um, and there's like you know no funeral, no nothing, it's just <laughs> it's just move on to the next scene. Yeah, so it, so Thanos bombs the shit out of them, um. And out of the rubble crawl, uh, Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor. And they each have like a kind of this epic one-on-one battle with him where um, they, uh, you know, a bunch of cool shit happens. Like uh, Captain America is able to wield uh, Thor's hammer. Which, by the way, is one of the best moments in all of the movies. Yeah, for for real. It is a great. That scene is fucking awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that, and it was fucking great. Well, and um, not not only is he able to wield it, but he's like bringing down fucking uh, lightning and shit. Like, like he's like legit <laughs> wield. Like the first time he, so the first time he uses it, he kind of uh, Thor is actually battling with Thanos, and Thanos is about to like kill him, like dig some, uh, dig his. Uh, he's pushing the axe into him, like it, uh, yeah, like like Th- Thor did to Thanos, and. And then you see the and then you see the hammer fly by and then and then it whips over to see who's who's controlling it and it's Captain America and then and then he fucking swings the hammer and around and starts running it's just such a cool uh and again it's, it's uh, the, the, one of the biggest problems w- that I have with the movie in general is it's a it's it's like 99% fan service where I think they do a lot of shit that fans like are going to cream themselves over and that's maybe the one that's like, okay, that's justified. Like, well, I, I get and, that. And here's how I've been describing this to everyone uh, that has asked me about it today since it was the day after I saw it. It really is like a season finale. I guess yeah. probably probably even more like a series finale. Like, it's it's not going to satisfy everybody, but you're going to get the last licks in. Yeah, you're going to – you're gonna. It's, it's like a greatest hits compilation. Yeah, uh, because, because frankly – the plot is never really like it's just something to get through to uh, to moments. Yes, and that's what I plan on again writing in my in my text review is just the idea that the movie is a collection of moments 
and I don't I don't know that it, and I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more but I but but I think it's a collection of moments and I and I I totally agree. I think that anything that's a plot device is meant to just push the story further into the next big moment that you see which is some sort of um wrap up or catharsis or ending for virtually every character that that you get to see or they they all have their moment in the spotlight uh, kind of and i think that out of all these captain america gets the best stuff because he gets to um you know he's he he get you know chris evans gets a lot of chances to to be really funny but also you know just the just the imagery of of captain america wielding thor's hammer uh, alone is is almost worth price of admission um and and essentially this this scene um leads into what is essentially just the most epic battle of all time <laughs> well yeah so you get you get captain america standing alone who by the way oh uh, i guess we should say too that he's wielding the hammer because his shield is destroyed by thanos well yeah it's like half busted um but one of the things i i want to say is Captain America as a character has been the heart of this series. Whereas like something like Tony Stark has been, you know, he's, he's the flashy one, but, but I think the Russos really know that this is the heart of the, that he was the heart of the whole thing. And that's why he's the one, he's like the last stand at at Thanos. Thanos brings his like whole army and all those mindless patrols and those weird bug ships and shit. So he's standing alone and then at that moment, a bunch of like spell portals start to open, and everyone that was that was gone in the snap is back, <laughs> like just randomly back, by the way, uh, ready to just fucking kick ass. And that leads into what you said is like the most epic battle ever, uh, with uh, basically every superhero that's been in a in a Marvel film so far. Uh, including Captain Marvel, who uh, apparently wasn't, uh, like, like was had fucked off somewhere for most of the movie and then shows up to uh, to join this epic fight? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's um, right, because she's not in the... She's not, like, she, she doesn't... I don't think she shows up in the five years later stuff until... No, then. she does at the very beginning oh, when oh, she's talking... on video like, screen. Yeah, like on a hologram, and she has a stupid haircut, and... Um, anyway, so, so yeah, this is this huge epic battle that, um, kind of dwarfs, it, it kind of reminded me of Ready Player One a little bit, uh, in this, like, just massive collection of pop culture things. It was really kind of, uh, um, unusually grimy for a Marvel movie. I don't know why. Which part? The, the epic battle. Like, it's, oh. it's like in the smoky ruins of. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, but it so turns it's a, into a big CG, you know. <coughs> oh yeah, for sure. It's not a. <coughs> excuse me. It's a big CG fest. And and this is our. I'll, while you're dying, I'll, I'll explain. Uh, yeah, sorry. This is essentially where everyone post snap comes back. So you see portals yeah. start to open from Doctor Strange, <coughs> and in walks, you know, uh, Black Panther. Um, with an entire Wakanda army, um, you know, in- as as if nothing ever happened, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, in comes, uh, you know, Spider Man uh, comes through here. Uh, you know, we get Doctor Strange back. Um, we get uh, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy are back. Sans Gamora, 
Um, and uh, Falcon. Um, yeah, that's Falcon. where you, Falcon, uh, Bucky. Shit, goddamn! What did I do? Um, yeah, that's kind of the first. Like uh, a Falcon radioing Cap is like the first inkling that everyone's back. Yeah, and um, and uh, uh, Valkyrie uh ends up showing up though she survived. I don't know how she got there, but <laughs> she rode that Pegasus. She rode the Pegasus there. So essentially, you get a giant battle scene where you finally get to see all the Avengers um team up again together one last time. Essentially, and what I guess we missed out the part where um shit we lift a, a lot actually. So when <laughs> oh, when we? Thanos uh comes back to um, current times, um, uh, you know, essentially the, the idea is that they're going to they're going to trick everyone into, you know, they've already gathered all the stones for him. So the idea is that they're going to intercept the Infinity Gauntlet and um, and essentially just redo the snap. Or actually, Thanos wants to get rid of everything and everyone and just decimate the planet. So essentially bad gamora uh well hawkeye gets the uh after the explosion hawkeye finds the infinity gauntlet and runs away with it and is uh is cornered by bad gamora i'm sorry bad, bad um nebula bad nebula and then uh and essentially uh gamora from the past who is now in the present even though she's dead again time travel rule fuckery uh, happening <laughs> um essentially they they convince uh they convince Actually, no. They just shoot her. <laughs> they don't convince her. They just well, yeah, shoot at bad some, Nebula. At some point, uh, uh, Gamora, bad Gamora, had a change of heart. Um, bad Nebula. <laughs> I fucked. Sorry. Up. <laughs> so, no, no, no. Bad, no, no, no. Bad Gamora had a, a change of heart. Oh, they, you, oh they, yeah. They, okay. Because they, they kill bad Nebula. Good Nebula yeah. shoots bad Nebula. And so, essentially, the Infinity Gauntlet is sort of being tossed around in this giant battle uh, that's happening. I, I they're trying to throw. That. They're trying to throw it into the quantum realm. To get it back in time. So that uh, everyone can put the stones back where they left them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so so anyway, we, we start to get some, uh, you know, more battle scenes. And of course, there's some stuff that happens along the way. You're, we're talking about moments. So we, we see um, probably the biggest of these moments is, uh, is where um, Captain Marvel uh, teams up with every female character. Uh, including Valkyrie and um, Pepper Potts and Iron Man Pepper armor. Pepper Potts and Iron Man armor. Um, uh, the um, Scarlet Witch. Uh, I mean, uh, um, yeah, Scarlet Black, Witch. Uh, not Black Widow because she's dead. Yeah, but, Scarlet uh, Witch. Uh, and then the, the the other two from uh, Black Panther. Um, oh, uh, um, names. Um, his sister. His sister and, and, his, the, and um, uh, the the. God damn it! I can't remember their names. I can't either. So essentially, you get uh, like a little. Couple like minute or two sequence of all of the female characters kicking ass. Look, uh, it's 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 very very blatantly obvious. Yeah, but it's totally fine. Like mm-hmm. it's it's cool. Like it's it is cool. It's really it's, cool. It's kind of a huge fuck you to every nerd who's angry about stuff like that. Well, it's a it's a big moment too because it, that's literally never happened. Oh no, I know. It, it, it's it's a huge it's a huge moment for for stuff like that, and it's a big fuck you to every nerd who's complains about shit like that, like yeah. female heroes. Um, I do kind of think they sold Captain Marvel short a little bit. <laughs> I think, yeah, because I mean, she li- she literally destroys Thanos's ship by flying through it. Yeah, I and think she she's, she's can handle her own. Yeah, but then they kind of make her get her ass kicked a little bit, which is I don't understand. But anyway. So 
all that stuff happens, and the gauntlet makes its way. Thanos ends up grabbing it and putting it on, and, and he, uh, Iron Man, fi- Stark fights with him to uh, wrestle control of it, and he he ends up. You see Thanos snap his fingers, but nothing happens because Iron Man somehow was able to grab all of them, and now they're fixed in his gauntlet, mm-hmm. and he snaps and all of make your wish make your wish uh all of thanos's armies vanish and finally thanos dissolves into dust and uh this is enough to this ends the battle it appears none of our heroes are dead um and it is a mortal wound for tony stark yes and he dies Yes. For real dies, apparently. So this is uh, the thing that that everybody's been been wondering about when Stark would be done, when, when, uh, sorry, when Robert Downey Jr. would be done playing the part. And And it it appears that it's now. Yeah, and look, it was always going to be either Captain America or Tony Stark sacrificing himself. That was always going to be the way that this ended, I think. Uh, yeah, it was just it was sure. just a matter of who which one it was going to be. I actually was thinking it was going to be Captain America because I I 100% thought that at yeah, first. Yeah, especially because we know that Chris Evans is done with the role after this movie. Um and uh, and so I do think in that sense having it be Tony is 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 a little surprising although I think it is very telegraphed within the context of the movie, especially in the Howard Stark scene that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um but he has a, a last moment with uh, with Spider Man, which I think, I, again, I think one of the best moments of the movie is when Spider Man first shows up and Tony Stark sees him and like gives him a huge hug. Well, uh, let's just go back for a second. Spider Man was his motivation to actually join this plan. Yeah, because he wasn't going to to take part in this quantum time travel thing until he saw himself in a photo with with Peter Parker. Yeah, and uh, so that motivates him. Not yeah. his own daughter, or anything. <laughs> yeah. Some and, fucking and, kid from the from the Bronx, but yeah. And so and so we, you know, him and him and uh, him and Peter share a final moment together, and then Pepper is out there as well, tells him that he can finally rest. And you know, I, I don't know where their daughter is at this point in the movie, <laughs> but oh, maybe with a babysitter. Uh, and uh, and yeah, you get your you get the big emotional moment of the film, which is uh, which is uh, you know Tony's death, and. Um, you I get think, a you get a long uh protracted tracking shot of his funeral. Yes. Where you kind of look at every character that's that's alive still. You know, and culminated with Nick Fury. Um, yeah. And then then uh we get a moment of um two people talking that I don't think I've ever shared screen time in uh Hawkeye and uh Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Kind of reminiscing about, like he's reminiscing about Black Widow, and she's thinking about Vision. Which, again, and I told you this after when we walked out of the movie, when this scene yeah. happened, and I, I swear to you, I'm not joking. I forgot that Black Widow died at that point in the movie because it happened like an hour and a half ago. It didn't have any room to breathe. There was no sadness involved around it. 
And I and I literally had forgotten that it happened. Like I just I guess I just with all of the CG giant battle stuff, I just didn't notice that she wasn't there. And then when he starts talking about it, I'm like, oh sh- oh shit, she, <laughs> she died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I I had forgotten. And I think and I, I I mean obviously that's taking it to an e- extreme, but I think it's an example of just how stuffed this thing is, where it's big emotional moment that's supposed to carry to the end of the movie. Um, is undercut by its own plot. Well, it, it, right, because I just think that there's a problem when you can sort of undo everything. I mean, I, I get it; it's a comic book, but it, it just is a weird. It's a weird way to approach it. As well, far that's as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it's just. I mean, it's the it's what everything hinges on, and I think that once you establish the idea that you can undo everything. Like literally, you it just sort of brings back the idea, like, you know, like why don't they just go back again before they had to sacrifice, you know, um, the Black Widow? Or if Gamora can come from the past into the present, why don't they just go back in time and grab Black Widow and bring her to the present like they did with Gamora, who is now there? Like, you, it's establishing rules, but yet it's not using them for every character, and so, um, there's just it just, and I know. <clears throat> you know, you're you're scrutinizing and analyzing a comic book movie, as you said, but I mean, it's still you, th- these movies demand to be taken seriously, which is part of their you know rise in 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 the fact that they're highly rated, Oscar winning now movies. Um, you know, they deserve to be held under scrutiny a little bit, and I and you know, it's tough because I think along the way we've pointed out a lot of flaws in the movie. I still liked it. I yeah. still I still think it's good. I just think it's it's more problematic than Infinity War for sure and in a lot of other movies. Look, you have to think of it as a victory lap. It's not it's not some narrative pushing the plot forward. This is a a long extended bow from from Marvel. Um and that that gets us to the the very last kind of surprise uh that isn't so much of a surprise as maybe is how it was carried out is you have a scene where um, following the carnage, following Tony Stark's funeral, where Iron Man, I mean, I'm sorry, Captain America has been tasked by himself to go return the Infinity Stones to from where they came in time. And he's in the woods with uh, Hulk, Bucky and Falcon. So they send uh, uh, Captain America back in time. And he's supposed to come back in five seconds, their time. And he doesn't. However, you see there's some someone sitting on a bench by the lake, and it's an old man who happens to be Steve Rogers, who, pretty convincing effect, by the way. I don't know if it was makeup or what, how they aged... Um, Chris Evans into, <laughs> I guess a hundred year old man. I don't, I don't yeah. know exactly how old he's supposed to be, but uh, so as it turns out, Captain America went and he went back in time and lived a full life with, as we see at the very last scene of the film, with Peggy Carter, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a nice quiet end for Captain America. He doesn't die. 
but he he's no longer Captain America in this time. He passes the mantle on to to Sam uh, Falcon, which everyone thought it was going to be Bucky, but it's not. Um, aren't they getting a series together, by the way? Yes, they are. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so anyway, um, and the very, very last shot of the film is in presumably the 40s or 50s in a small house with uh, Steve Rogers dancing with Peggy Carter. And that's the end of the film. And again, it brings up a lot of questions as to the rules of time travel in this film. Yep. Um, you know, there was a Steve Rogers living for 70 years as in this timeline, which I didn't think was possible. I, I, don't, I don't look, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a sweet final scene. Again, it doesn't quite make sense. And, and and like you said, I wanna I wanna preface it that I did like this movie. I didn't love it. Um, but when it came to juggling nonsense uh and, and plot points, Infinity War handled it a whole lot better than this film, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say it's bad, it's just it's kind of all over the place. It it is like when you get a, se- a season finale of a show. And they just kind of throw everything into it. It doesn't matter if it the pacing works or yeah, it, it's it's clunky, it's ambitious, and again, they. I mean, it's it's a it's a amazing feat to to have you know wrapped it up in that way and put so much in there. But also, it's three hours long and it throws everything in. It's all in, and I think that. Um, and I think that as a result, you get a pretty messy movie that sort of weaves its way in and out of plots. I think that its narrative, uh, I'm sorry, its its plot device with the time travel just doesn't make a lot of sense. I just think it's very clunky. I don't think that it's a very smooth ride. And I know that the praise is effusive a lot on online right now about, you know, just what they were able to accomplish. And I don't think that should be undercut, but I do, I, I, I do think that they should also... Um, you know, have their criticisms pointed out, and 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 I think that there's just a, you know, it's just a messy, it's a messy, messy movie. I think I think it's complicated. It it overcomplicated itself for the sake of working in a, a ton of fan service. Yes, it's very. I mean, look, it's 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 total fan service. Um, and, and, and I'm and ultimately, I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, it's it's one of those things that, you know, right now it's the finale. Um, you know talk to me in a couple years when we're another spider-man deep already by the way you mentioned this uh uh so like at the epilogue when after tony stark dies like peter parker just goes back to high school (laughs) yeah his friend is there like wait a minute what are they like is there any consequences for having been gone for five years (laughs) like and and what yeah there's a bunch of like kind of unanswered questions as to to how this sort of bringing everybody back that died not only every body but every living thing that was gone in the snap like from what i understand that meant like birds and trees and shit too like bacteria and so you suddenly overwhelming the planet i I just you know it's one of those logical questions that doesn't Assholes. You're not going to get an answer to As- assholes used to nitpick like me, but uh, but no, but there is a question like, well, wait a minute. So is 
Peter Parker's still a sophomore in high school now? Like, what happened? Um, anyway, uh, I can't remember what I was saying about this. But the, the yeah, the the mechanics of it, it, you know, okay, yeah, that's what I was saying. You know, after we've got another few Marvel movies under our belt. Also, there's no in credit sequence, which is the first for one of these Marvel films. Um. Because I don't know really what they've said they're doing next, other than than uh, Spider Man, Spider Man, uh, Far From Home. Yeah, they've announced stuff, but I don't think anything is particularly like ready to go. Yeah, um, I know a bunch of stuff is shooting this summer, but yeah. So you know, talk to me in in three years when um, you know there there's four more movies out, and this movie kind of sits as a, a weird sort of bookend where. You know, it's it ends up being just fan service that doesn't really move the plot forward. Yeah, and again, I, I you know, there's there, it, it bookends almost Tony Stark's and maybe um and maybe Captain America's runs because you know, I, I know that after Ragnarok, Chris Hemsworth expressed that he would want to maybe stick around a little bit. Who knows what's happening with Mark Ruffalo? Black Widow's getting her own movie, even though she's dead. Um, well, in- Thor, yeah, Thor kind of joins up with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and you see that played out, uh, you know, in a, in a brief scene. I think that's fine. I think that that character has been reinvigorated, and, and is probably the, you know, the the solid MVP of the the core Avengers now. Now that Captain America's dead, but um, yeah, yeah and he, presumably yeah, I, he may pres- come back as a hundred one year old man. We don't know that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it, it, there's there's a finality to this, but there's also way too many loose ends that, you know, again, like you mentioned to me, like, could they not have waited a few months to announce a, a Black Widow movie, you know, when you pres- when she's presumably dead in at the end of your most anticipated release ever? Right. Um, regardless, I, I again. I, I feel like we've picked this apart for an hour and 15 minutes now, but uh, I, I did I did like it. I didn't love it, but I, I did like it. And I don't I don't know how to hold up on repeat viewings. I know I, I liked Infinity War more the second time I watched it. But uh, again, if this is really truly a finale for a lot of these characters, then I think that's great. You know, if if we're really done seeing Tony Stark, I'm OK with that. But yeah. if it's, you know, if in three years there's some other kind of reversal, because because fucking everyone knows it's out there. The option is out there that there's time travel and you can just go back and get someone. Yeah. Because you because you drag Gamora from wherever she was. Um, yeah. So let's wrap this bitch up. All right. What's your grade for uh, Avengers Endgame? So I'll say that again, just to reiterate, um, it's good. I like it. It's very problematic. Um, I think that it is too long. Um, I think that a lot could probably have been condensed, even though they, you know, every bit of crucial whatever. I think it could have been condensed. Um, I think that it's a it's a lot of fan service that sometimes um, uh, gets to be a little corny. Um, and I think that, as I said before, it's a series of moments. And I think that it never becomes more than a series of moments. I don't think it ever coalesces into something truly epic or truly great or that any one narrative point 
is like really special. I think that the special parts in this movie are the moments. Um, and I think that there's a lot of good ones. I think that it's really funny in parts. I think, again, that Ant-Man and Paul Rudd are the MVP of the movie. And I think um, a lot of the best moments of the film, comedically or otherwise, come from him. I think mm-hmm. Thor is a great character. Like I said, I love that he stays fat the whole movie. Uh, it's just a small thing that I really loved. And then I think Captain America gets the best closeout. Um I like Tony Stark's arc enough, though it feels a little um it feels a little weird to give him a family and a child and a daughter and then ultimately have him sort of give up on that for Spider-Man, <laughs> uh, you know, essentially. Yeah. I, I don't I, I don't I don't know why they I, I think they only build up the family thing to make that him dying hurt a little bit more to the audience, like it to hit a little harder. I don't really know that it serves the film and the narrative in the way that it wants. So again, I, it's just a clunky way that it deals with it. So um, I'm still recommending it. I still give it a B minus, but I honestly truly think that it's inferior to infinity war in basically every way. No, I agree. I do believe it's, it's not as good a movie as infinity war. <clears throat> I did have uh, um you know, a lot of fun with the fan service. And I think that's probably the the biggest takeaway from this film that, that most people are going to have. You know, I didn't, I wasn't one of the people that, that got sad at the end of infinity war because I don't live in a vacuum and, and I wasn't, it, it had no emotional resonance to me. Um, this didn't, you know, it wasn't a tearjerker for me for this one, but it did have some moments like knowing that it's the end, presumably of of Chris Evans as Captain America, is kind of a bummer for me because I, I really like that character. I was never quite as fond of Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark because I think the, as I said an hour ago, whenever we talked about that, the motivation is kind of always all over the map, and he never was really consistent. But uh, you know, if it, knowing it's the last time for those two, I think is is enough of an emotional driver to not make the whole thing seem uh, too just like fangasmy, uh, if that's a word I can use. Uh, you know, it's not just a bunch of, of, of moments where everybody's going to cream their pants. You know, there is a little bit of emotional heft to it. Now, if they go and undo it in, you know, in the next Avengers movie or whatever the fuck is next, then I'm going to be even more pissed off. But as for right now, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm at a B. So. Yeah, well, I liked it a little more than you. I guess I don't know. Our grades never really quite jive, anyway. But <laughs> anyway, um, man, that was a long one. That was half as long as the movie. <laughs> yeah, roughly. Anyway, well, look, I, I, look, that's it's the only way to talk about it. I mean, it's such an epic, big movie that it, it would be hard to summarize how I felt about because it changed throughout so much. And I think that there's a lot to talk about as the movie goes along that that's just kind of the way it's necessary in some ways. Well, and you know, uh, uh, to be not to be melodramatic, but I don't know that we're ever going to see something else like this in, in our movie going lifetimes. I mean, something that's built, you know, for 11 years now and gets to culminate in this as a film. I mean, we see it all the time with TV you know, um, these things that get to build and build and have these kind of epic, you know, victory laps. But at, at, a, at a film series at this scale, we've never seen anything like it. And I, you know, I don't know what would even be next again, you know, after yeah. 22 films, what would even come close? You know, I mean, something like Harry Potter, I guess, was was pretty uh, a giant start to finish, but it, it always had a, a definitive end date. And this doesn't, but 
you know, this chapter is clearly closed by the end of uh, Endgame. Yeah, even though Phase uh, Phase Three doesn't technically end until Spider Man Far From Home, which is yeah, so weird. I don't I don't understand what's going to happen in Far From Home, but anyway, um, yeah. So we'll uh, that's our our next Marvel film. Uh, it's like July, June, something like that. I think it's yeah, summertime. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's I'm, sure, it, I'm I'm really quickly checking to see if any um, Phase Four have any release dates at this point. I think I don't think that they do because I know that like Guardians is finally back on track, but Phase Four so far um, is Guardians Three, uh, Black Panther Two, Doctor Strange Two, Black Widow, The Eternals, and Shang Chi. I don't know anything about Shang Chi. Uh, I know The Eternals might have uh, Angelina Jolie. It will have Angelina Jolie. It will have Angelina Jolie. Yeah, it's uh, Angelina Jolie and someone else recently just joined. Um, I got it right here. Um, Angelina Jolie and Kumail Nanjiani are oh, the two yeah. confirmed. Directed by Chloe Zhao, who did, um, who's the an writer. indie film director who did The Writer, which is a great yeah. movie. Yeah. And then Shang-Chi is, um, is, is interestingly, uh, directed by, uh, or is going to be directed by uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, who did Short Term 12. Oh, Wow. Has he done a film since Short Term 12? He has. I believe he did that. Um, uh, I'm looking it up right now. It's a movie that Woody Harrelson and Brie Larson did that had terrible reviews. I think it was The Glass Castle. Oh, I don't know. Um, I believe he directed that. Yeah, he did. <clears throat> oh, well, cool. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Um, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast.cinestop.net. You can uh, find us on Twitter. Oh, shit. Hold on. God damn it. I Hold on. Sorry. Fucking iTunes started playing randomly. Was <laughs> like that porn, Pornhub in the background? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, anyway, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. You can find us on Twitter at cinesnob, uh, on Facebook, cinesnobcritic. Uh, please, please, if you haven't, uh, leave us a review. Uh, give us a rating, five-star rating, if you don't mind, uh, on wherever you get your podcast from. We want to hear from you. Um, again, if you uh, listen to this podcast without uh, having seen Infinity War, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> this is on we, you, buddy. <laughs> we just literally went over every scene of the movie. Um, in in like half speed because it was a, it was a, an hour and a half podcast. So yeah. So or no double speed. Oh, that's right, double speed. Yeah. So you don't need to watch the movie if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, uh, by the way, speaking of uh, of the Phase Four, Ant Man's got to come back, right? Like there there's a, a sequel to Ant Man in the works, I assume. Nothing mm, announced, but I don't know if Ant Man gets a trilogy or not. I would. I mean, I think that. He by by the just the performance of the character in this movie that there's probably some demand for it, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything officially in the pipeline. I think this is I I, I liked Ant Man and Wasp, um, uh, but I think this is probably the the best uh, performance by Paul Rudd for the reason you hire Paul Rudd in one of these movies so far. Finally, yes. And that was my big complaint about original Ant-Man is why do you hire Paul Rudd and not let him be Paul Rudd? And he's Paul Rudd in, in this movie. He's pretty he's pretty Paul Rudd in Ant-Man and Wasp. A little but bit this more, is yeah. like super Paul Rudd, which is always, always welcome to me. Uh, yeah, and just even his, um, 
his uh his his joke structure is is just very classically him um and again th- that's why you hire the guy you know yeah like you don't hire paul rudd to to take his shirt off and s- flex like he did in the first ant-man movie which i'll never understand but yeah. freaking 50 year old paul rudd man i i love I, I wish i could meet paul rudd that's like the the one celebrity that i would would really like to meet and just hang out with because he seems like an okay dude yeah seems like a good yeah. guy what if he's just a raging prick oh, God, <laughs> fuck. anyway uh so yeah anything else before we go no uh next week um we uh i don't know if you have seen it yet they've been screening it like crazy here but uh long shot comes oh, out yeah. next week i saw I, it a couple weeks ago i got an invite for that i got a i got a rsvp for so i know you have a lot of thoughts on it so yeah you know what what's funny is they're they they screened it like four times here and the most uh recent one was at fiesta 16 <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> which I which I in, inside baseball here, but I wanted some screenings at Fiesta 16 because it's nice and it's quiet and it's and uh, they I was told that they couldn't do it in a second run theater and look at them now. Look how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's some local stuff for all you people out there. Fiesta 16 was, I believe, the first uh, stadium seating theater in San Antonio. It was a big goddamn deal when it opened. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, I remember when that was the nicest theater in town. Yeah, I saw Star Wars Episode One there. I had a friend. I had friends camp out in front of that theater to get Star Wars Episode One tickets. When I was in high school, I went to. Um, I went to. Well, I was my high school orientation, my freshman orientation, and me and my friend uh, left early to drive to Fiesta Sixteen to go watch Metallica, some kind of monster. In the at Fiesta 16. That is probably the most San Antonio thing <laughs> someone's ever said. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I think I saw Lethal Weapon 4 there. Um, that, uh, that was back when. Uh, here, here's what the, the fucked up thing like, no one will ever know this ever again. To like, no one will ever know what I went through when I saw Lethal Weapon 4 because I was supposed to meet my friends there. The movie came out in 1997, by the way. I was supposed to meet my a bunch of my friends there after I got out of work. So I went and got my ticket, but they weren't there, and I had no idea where they were, and I couldn't find them. And it turns out they were never at the movie because they <laughs> got sold out or something. So I was like, well, f- like, and now that would be – that's unheard of. Like, <laughs> it's an ancient story. Yeah, like it's like I might as well be talking about a fucking dinosaur. That's like, <laughs> so what you tell your grandkids. Like, oh yeah, I couldn't track my friends down because none of us had a cell phone, and yeah, it was you know we couldn't buy our tickets early. Anyway, that's I'm old. That's all. <laughs> all right. On that note, I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.